0: Hello and welcome to From God to Us. In our current series, we are looking at the subject of election and free will. And if you have been following through this series, you know that we have covered primarily the points of Calvinism and Arminianism. We have looked at an overview of of the issue. We have looked at the five points of Calvinism and what the Calvinist teaches about those points. We've looked at the opposing view of the Arminian and what the Armenianist believes about those issues and tried to kind of evaluate some of the teaching on both of those. So we've covered those main points, but there are a few other issues that we need to cover and need to talk about in relation to this doctrine, this theology, as we try to understand what the Bible is teaching us about who God is, about mankind, and about the issue of salvation. So the next few sessions, we're going to cover the love of God, the sovereignty of God, and then the gospel itself. In a final session, we'll try to conclude all that we have covered and and bring it to some type of a summary of these issues. Today, I want to talk about the love of God and how each side focuses on this issue of God's love. For mankind, we'll begin today looking at the Armenian's view of the love of God. The Armenian emphasizes God's love for all people. He emphasizes verses like John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so their emphasis here is that God loves all people. Also, that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So they emphasize there is this sense that God loves all people. God also knows that mankind is sinful. Mankind has rebelled against God. Man's sin causes pain and suffering and grief, and it separates men from God. The Armenian also recognizes that God will punish sin, and there will be judgment. But the, but God has provided a way of salvation for all people through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death, his shed blood and resurrection, that Jesus draws all people to himself. The Holy Spirit convicts all people in some way. And all people have the grace and the ability to trust in God and be saved because God loves all people. God's grace is extended to all people for all time in some sense Because he loves all people equally. Yes, there will be those who are saved. Yes, there will be those who are condemned and cast into hell. But God loves them. He wants all people to come to him and be saved. So the the Armenian is emphasizing these passages of the love of God. And particularly, the agape love of God, the perfect love of God, that God's love is the same for all people. Some people might ask, well, if God loves all people, why are not all saved? And the Armenian emphasizes there is an opportunity for all people to be saved, for all people to come to Christ, for all to trust in him and to receive him as Savior. However, those who reject him and do not receive him, there will be a punishment. There will be a judgment simply because they have rejected the message of Christ. They have rejected God in some way. And even though people around the world who have never specifically heard the gospel, they know something about God. Romans 1 talks about even the things they knew about God, they rejected him and turned him into all types of living creatures and worshipped the creature rather than the creator. And so in this sense they have rejected the god of the universe. Armenian also believes that if a person accepts the truth that God has sent them that he will supply them with the information they need to know to come to Christ in salvation. So God loves all people, He wants them to be saved, but many people of their own choice will reject the gospel and these are the ones who will be eternally condemned because of their rejection of Jesus Christ. So the love of God, again, is a very important aspect of the Arminian view that God loves people and He wants all people to be saved. When we look at Calvinism, Calvinism has a little different view of the love of God. Sometimes it's a bit of a problem for the Calvinist or at least for trying to explain how God saves and God chooses before the foundation of the world who he's going to save and who's going to be lost. So the two ways that I've understood that I've listened to Calvinists and read how they explain the love of God. The first one is more common in Calvinists of old. In past 100 years or so, those who believed in the five points of Calvinism, when they presented the five points, they presented that God has a special, saving, redeeming love for his elect that is not given toward the non-elect, and that God chooses before the foundation of the world those who will be saved and those who will be condemned. They also emphasize some passages in the the scriptures that talk about how God hates the sins of people, but even some passages that say that God hates people. They like to emphasize Romans chapter 9, where Paul, quoting from Malachi, says, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. So there's this emphasis that there are those people that God loves. He will save. These are his elect and the rest of the world he hates and will condemn and cast into hell." In fact, many Calvinists of old would say things like, well, of course God doesn't love everybody. They really don't believe that God loves the non-elect. God hates them. He's already determined they're going to burn in hell for all, all eternity. So the only true love that God has is for the elect, those whom he has chosen. Well, this doesn't sit well with some people, Calvinists today have come up with a little different explanation of the love of God. And I heard this through a Calvinist named R.C. Sproul who has passed away and also read some things by D.A. Carson and heard him trying to talk about how we explain the love of God. How can we say that God loves all people? And so there's a different explanation where these gentlemen and other Calvinists will say that there are at least three different loves of God. Now, I did hear Carson say there's four, maybe even five, and I'm not sure how he describes those, but typically they say there are three different loves of God, and we'll look at those three different loves of God and try to explain those, that God's love toward people or toward the world or toward mankind, and try to understand what they believe. So the first one, they say, is that God loves everything he created. It's kind of a generic type of love. God loves the universe, God loves the planets, God loves the plants, God loves the animals and God loves people. So it's a, a broad generic sense that God loves everything that he created kind of in a in the same sense. So there's no special uh redeeming love in that. It's just a love that God has created all things and and therefore he loves all things. The second one is called God's salvific stance toward mankind. And though man is sinful and man has rebelled against God and he is subject to God's judgment, God has presented the saving message of Jesus Christ and he takes a salvific stance toward mankind in the sense that he offers the gospel to all. The gospel is made available in a sense. or God's message is made available to all people. So he takes this salvific stance toward mankind and this is called the second love of God. The third love of God is what they say is God's special, redeeming, saving love for the elect. This is, a, this is a love that's only for the elect. It's a special love. It has a special call. It's that love of God that determines that these are the ones who will be saved. These are the ones whom God will regenerate, whom God will give the gift of faith, whom God will save and redeem, and who will be with him for all eternity. And this is the third love of God. So we see these three different loves of God as the Calvinist explains it. But also, sometimes Calvinists will, again, emphasize God's hatred for people. Even though they say there's three different loves of God, they will also go back and quote some of these verses that talk about God's hatred for sin and God's hatred for people. So even though he has three different loves people, he, there are certain people that he hates, and therefore there's still this emphasis of God's hatred for the non-elect. He loves them, but yet he hates them. And so I don't quite understand how that works, but there seems to be that piece that's also added into these three different loves of God, at least by some Calvinist. So let's take some time and look at these three different loves and try to understand them. The first one we can kind of understand the sense that there is this generic sense that God loves everything that he created because in the beginning God created everything perfect and God is good and everything he created was good and therefore he loves everything that he created and we can kind of uh, understand that and see that i think the second one is what gives a, a real problem to the calvinist is because this salvific stance toward mankind you realize that God in his sovereignty and in the beginning Before the foundation of the world, God chose who he was going to save. He chose who he was going to burn in hell for all eternity. And this is already predetermined. And so he comes to the world and he offers salvation. And of course, the elect are going to believe because God is predetermined they're going to believe. But for the non-elect... They will not believe. They can't believe. It's not possible for them to believe. God has not chosen them to believe. He will not regenerate them. He will not give them the gift of faith. They can never believe and accept this gospel. But God is going to present it to them anyway. He's going to present them this message of salvation and eternal life that if they did believe and accept it, they would be saved, but they can't because they're already predetermined they can't. And this is called the love of God. Jerry Walls, in his book, Does God Love Everyone, clarifies this Offer of salvation, as the Calvinist understands it, he says it is crucial to emphasize that whereas God's effectual call cannot be resisted by the elect, his general call cannot be answered by those who are not elect. For the elect, God makes them an offer they literally cannot refuse, but those who are not elect receive an offer they literally cannot accept. For the elect, the offer of salvation is irresistible, for the rest, it is impossible to accept. And this is referred to as the love of God according to the Calvinist. As one author wrote evaluating this, he said that's a very empty or hollow offer. I'll go a step further and say it's not only empty or hollow, that to me is mean and cruel. You have predetermined people can't believe but you're going to offer the saving message of Christ anyway. I don't, I don't see how that in anybody's definition could be called love. So I think that presents a real problem. If you want to say there's a generic love for all people and then there's a special redeeming love, I can see how you could possibly accept that and believe in that. But to say, number two, God's salvific stance toward people he's already predetermined he's going to burn in hell for all eternity is love, I, I don't get that. I think that is not a very good explanation of the love of God that the Calvinist offers. I think ultimately what you have to see when you kind of peel away the onion the Calvinists emphasize those that God hates and those that God loves. And I think it would be better if the Calvinist just was honest and say, God really has a special, saving, redeeming love only for the elect and those whom he's not chosen before the foundation of the world. These are the ones that he hates and is predetermined they're going to burn in hell for all eternity. And so to me, I think sometimes the Calvinist has to present these different loves of God because if you say God hates people and is going to burn them in hell for all eternity and there's nothing that they can do about it, that doesn't sit very well with people. Most people will not accept that because most people believe that God is loving. In some way, many believers have heard all their lives. John 3:16, for God so loved the world. Also, in 1st John 5 for God is love and so love is a very important characteristic of God and many people believe that God loves all people but if you teach that God loves some and hates others most people don't accept that but i think if you again if you peel away the onion of calvinism it really boils down to the fact that God has a special saving redeeming love for the elect, and he has predetermined others are going to burn in hell, and he hates them. And that would fit well with the five points of Calvinism, I think. So here I come to the question is, what do you believe the Bible teaches us about the love of God? Does God love all people equally and really want all people to be saved? Is that what the Bible is teaching us about who God is? Is he a god who really wants people to be saved, but because he's also just and holy, he will judge those who reject him and don't receive the gospel? Is that the kind of God we see presented in the Bible? Or is it a God who says, hey, I only love these certain ones, really. I only really love the ones whom I've chosen and elected. These are the ones whom Jesus has died for, though I'll present the gospel to all all people, they can't be saved. They won't be saved. They're predetermined they won't be saved. And in fact, I hate them, and I'm going to burn them in hell for all eternity. Is that the kind of God we find in the Bible? Is this what the Bible is presenting us? And I think you have to take your theology to its logical conclusion here on both sides. Now, the Calvinists would say for the Arminian, well, if God loves all people, why, he, why doesn't he save them? And we addressed that a little bit earlier that the Arminian would say, well, God gives them a choice. They can either accept or they can reject. And that's the choice made by man. The Calvinist would then try to argue, that well, then man has a part in his salvation. Uh, The Armenian would argue, no, he doesn't have a part in his salvation. He's just accepting the free gift. And so there's this back and forth change about, about God's love for people. But again, what is the gospel? What is God presenting? What is the Bible presenting to us about God and how God loves people? He loves the world. And I think these are things that we need to evaluate and decide, what is the Bible saying about the love of God? And I hope you'll bring that into consideration when you think through these theological points, when you think through Calvinism versus Arminianism and try to draw some conclusion on what you believe about what the Bible says about the love of God. So with that, we'll just say, do a little deeper study, continue to evaluate these points, try to understand what the Bible is really teaching us about the love of God. And in our next session, we will cover a very important topic, the sovereignty of God and how the sovereignty of God fits into these two theological systems and thinking of both sides of Calvinism and Arminianism.